Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is Anupa Mystery, and you're listening to Burnout, short conversations about creative sustainability with working artists. So one of my favorite records last year is by Alcon. It's called Insecurities in Being. Lisa Conway basically made this whole album about quitting music. It's an amazing record, one that I think people will look back on after she blows up and think, how did I miss this? Lisa was one of the participants at the 2018 Red Bull Music Academy in Berlin, where I was working as a lecture host, and that's where we met. We got to know each other outside of our usual Toronto struggle selves. So when I was thinking about who I wanted to talk to next, Lisa was a natural choice because I was dying to know, does making a record about burnout cure burnout? I suddenly thought maybe I was wrong about it kind of being my destiny. And if it was, I didn't know who I was (laughs) because I've literally been making music since I can remember. Like It's been such a big part of my life for so long that if I did do something else, I don't know if I would be a person anymore. And I guess basically (laughs) that's what the record kind of came from. My name is Lisa Conway and I make music. I produce and write and record under the name Alcon, which is basically my name. A lot of people ask me about the origin of the name. People kind of aren't catching on. <laughs> like it's not that yeah. deep? <laughs> no, it's not deep at all. I've always kind of had a fear of calling something my full name because I don't know I was paranoid about people thinking that kind of putting me in the box of being a singer-songwriter even though technically I sing my own songs so I guess I am in some ways but um, I feel like I've always been fighting to get recognized for the other stuff that I do. So last spring you you put out Insecurities in Being one of my favorite records of last year I listened to it so much And I feel like the major arc of the record was that you made it during a period of creative instability. Um, And I like the idea of having you here to talk about a record about being burnt out, kind Mm -hmm. of on a podcast called Burnout. Yeah. Where were you, I guess, physically? And also, where were you at, like, kind of mentally? Yeah, during the writing, kind of making of that record, I was mostly up at my studio north of the city, which is two hours north of Toronto, um, in a very rural area. Um, Like, you have to drive to get food. Um, You can't see your neighbors, which is really wonderful in a lot of ways for making stuff, but it's also pretty isolating, especially in the winter. Um, and I was also serving at a restaurant half an hour north and 
uh, doing a lot of really hairy drives. It gets really snowy up there because I guess the lakes combine in a really specific way. Um, when we get snow, we get a lot of it fast and you basically can't see the road. So I was doing a lot of driving where I thought that I was going to die. Um, oh which was exciting. Um, but, uh, I was going through my Saturn returns. I've learned you really reevaluate and kind of things fall apart <laughs> potentially. <laughs> and I'm always kind of a person that reflects a lot, but I was in a period of serious reevaluation. Like I do my own taxes and stuff. So I was seeing kind of the numbers, about how much money music was costing me. <laughs> and I know it's not all about money, but it's really discouraging as an artist when you've been making things for a really long time and you kind of assume that at some point that you'll be able to sustain yourself. Like things will, if you just work hard, that something will happen and you'll be like, you'll make it. Or I don't even really know what making it means, but you'll just be able to pay your bills and like yeah. not go to the dentist without being bankrupted yeah I suddenly thought maybe I was wrong about it kind of being my destiny and if it was I didn't know who I was <laughs> because I've literally been making music since I can remember like my first show was when I was like five I was playing violin in my parents band like it's been such a big part of my life for so long that if I did do something else, I don't know if I would be a person anymore. And I guess basically that's, that's what the record kind of came from. When you feel like that, how do you then go and do the thing? I was part of a, a program put on by the Canadian Music Centre kind of during that window of time called EQ. Yeah, it was so encouraging to be in a room of women talking about, like, kick drum compression and stuff. And I felt, for the first time, uh, way more relaxed than I ever had in a studio environment. And that kind of was a huge realization to me that I'd been insecure in studios because I'm an insecure person, but I think also because I didn't see myself reflected in that space. The thought that maybe if I recorded something myself that someone would be encouraged. The studio can, it can be an emotional thing too. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be a space that's sterile necessarily. And the choices that you're making, even technically, can have like intent and emotion behind it. Do you feel like writing the record, did it help you resolve things? Yeah, I, I I I feel really secure in a lot of ways. Like, I really want to make music now. It's been really helpful to me. I think people are being a lot more open about being insecure and being anxious. And as artists and as, as, as not artists, too, I think that's been really helpful. Like, like, even Feist, I feel like her latest record, she was like, I didn't know if I wanted to make music anymore. And reading that I'm like okay like this is a kind of a crazy th thing to do I kind of want to go into some of the songs because I think they speak at like interesting 
themes related to like burnout and insecurity and stuff and they kind of come at it from different angles sure. so i think try is my favorite song think that I have a big beef with um Feist with Feist no <laughs> not at all um <laughs> try is kind of like a pep talk to myself and like kind of like a get your shit together Lisa you're just freaking out by yourself about some songs it doesn't matter like this is a small kind of speck of dust in the universe like things are kind of falling apart in a bigger way yeah you're not doing anything productive for the world right now and also they're just songs I definitely took it in the way that you're saying like I I didn't think that you were beefing with anyone okay (laughs) I, I think I like that song so much because it kind of implicates like this real pressure of feeling like you're being watched because you're kind of watching everyone on your phone, but, mm-hmm. like, also no one's actually really watching. Like, no one is really paying that much attention to what you do. I know it's part of what made me feel for a while like I wasn't good enough. So. Yeah, I mean, especially with, even just with friends, too. I, like, there's so much posturing kind of in, yeah, it, it kind of got, I'm starting to try to make peace with it, but there are a lot of friends that I was kind of losing touch with in a way just from not being in the city all the time or they weren't living in the city anymore and and just constantly seeing pictures of them and how well they were doing and I've yeah I have friends that don't text me back and but have time to post things yeah it's just kind of a lonely lonely time (laughs) thanks to Instagram (laughs) everyone looks really cool (laughs) I also really love the art of staying tough. I think it's such an intense song, and I think there's. I really like that you made the choice to have Casey sing a song that you wrote. This heavy heart won't go far. Maybe I. Is it because it was too intense or something like that? What Can you talk about that choice? Um, yeah, so it was always kind of intended that I would write him a song. I don't know. I guess I just thought it would be interesting to have that on the record. I, I really like when other people sing my music. Like, I'm not... Um, it's really exciting to me as a songwriter, and I guess people aren't really covering my songs at all so I have to kind of make them why did you want Casey to 
sing a piano ballad like what was it about Casey uh I just think Casey's voice is amazing yeah um he can play piano better than me so I just got him to play piano too I just was kind of excited about what it would sound like if I wrote something for him to sing because I think I kind of have a particular phrasing style or yeah I don't know it just it was interesting to me I thought it was a confident thing to have at the centerpiece of a record about being insecure you know Thank um, you. I'm glad it came across as confident <laughs> and not just me being lazy. I'd be like, I'll record and you play. <laughs> well, I mean, you also do this super vulnerable thing when you perform that song mm-hmm. live. Which I've is, taken it back. Yeah, you've <laughs> taken it back in like such a honest way. So you have a tape, like an old school. I don't even know what those are called. They remind me of the tape, the cassette machines that we used to have in school. Mm -hmm. I think it literally is one of those. (laughs) The, like, uh, big, I'm trying to do a physical description, like, big, flat, I don't know what you would call it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a cassette player, and you take it out into the crowd, and you sing the song with no mic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people talk at the beginning because they don't notice that something's happening. When I, I did a residency in um, in Sackville, New Brunswick, that's where I wrote Moon Milk, which is the record before this record. Um, and as part of that residency, I'm, I'm somebody that isn't a very comfortable performer necessarily. I don't really know if I like it still. Um, so I try to do things that scare me. Mm. Um, yeah, I started doing these like one-on-one performances in this old music hall that I was working in in Sackville. And that was so scary. Um, it was just acoustic uh, and just singing to one other person. It was terrifying. But I let people choose where they wanted to be in the room when I did it and some people stood beside me and that was really special in a way that I've never experienced so I think that's kind of where the tape idea came from it was like what if I'm singing within people and I'm not on a stage like how will that feel it'll just be us sharing in something vulnerable and not me like singing at them Usually I'm inviting people kind of into a space when I perform, like into my Mm -hmm. space that I'm creating rather than projecting something onto people. So if people aren't willing to come into that space, I'm not very successful, I guess, as a performer necessarily. I always feel like if it's uncomfortable, then that means that you should probably do it obviously within reason but if it's something that makes you kind of personally deep down uh, Mm -hmm. uncomfortable in a way that it's because you know you have to like get over something Mm -hmm. then like lately I've like okay that's the thing that I have to do it's me holding myself back in some way when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Something actually... That was a big lesson at, at the Red Bull Music Academy where I met you. Um, 
was the the beauty of making things quickly like you can make things fast and sometimes that's great Mm-hmm. And with each album, I'm just kind of like, obviously, I care about the music that I'm making and I want it to do well, whatever that means. Or I want people to tell me that they like it and that they think that I'm a cool person. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we make music. Um, but it uh, but it also it's just songs, right? Like, it's just music. If So you told me that you were working at a popular vegan chain restaurant here mm-hmm. in the city, mm-hmm. which I won't name because why not? I feel like that's free advertising. Okay, don't you name know. it. Like everyone's worked there, but we won't name it. <laughs> uh, and it was just last year that you went freelance full time. I am dumb. <laughs> um, no, I no. think it's. I guess I just kind of thought like I haven't ever not had a serving job maybe I should just try and see what happens um and it's been yeah it's been a lot of things it's been super super stressful in the way that being freelance is and I feel like I actually don't have any time to make music anymore which is kind of a weird place to be like now that I'm busy making other people's music and I can't say no to that anymore because I don't have a serving job I've been writing for so long but I've always had like a full-time job always come home from my job and done all of my freelance work then um and I was getting paid the most money that I've ever been paid in my life at my previous job but um the freedom or I guess the yeah the freedom that comes um, with not having to like tie your life to something for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. um, it kind of unlocks something else. It's really scary, um, but it I've never done it either. So I think it's cool that we both. Yeah, I'll have to keep each other posted. I I don't know how you're finding this in your life, but I. F- feel like I definitely am getting more opportunities now than when I had a serving job. I think partially that's me like seeking them out and like making opportunities happen and just like being around more. I think I have to just schedule in time to make my own music, which seems crazy, but I think otherwise it won't it won't happen. Yeah. And set boundaries with people being like producing a record takes a lot of energy and is something I should be compensated for and yeah how do you organize your time now for the past year I've been kind of in a lot of situations with with bands where I've kind of been taking on production roles without being the official producer and and not being credited or compensated for that um just because I I mean recording's fine but I my passion is not to be a recording engineer. I, I like production way more. I find it way more engaging, but it's also way more work. 
Um, it's tricky as a musician because you could technically always be getting better and you could always be working on music. So it's hard to schedule in time off. You know, I, I was going to bring up Larry Gold for something else. Um, Larry Gold is a, a, a string arranger. Is that mm-hmm. the term for it? From Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, at the Red Bull Music Academy where Lisa and I both were. And I was going to bring him up uh, for another reason, but I loved that he was like, yeah, I just used to like play my cello for like hours a day. Do you make time for, I don't know, playing or like anything every day in the midst of all of this other stuff you're doing? No. And... Yeah, I never practice. I'm literally getting worse at being a musician all the time. Um, <laughs> come work with me. No, uh, no, I I don't practice and I don't really read right now mm. either. And that makes me sad because I feel like that's how you get better at writing is by reading. Um, but it's just not to keep talking about Red Bull. Um, but (laughs) it was really great to, um, Marie Davidson gave a really great kind of studio science workshop, um, which was, yeah, so wonderful. Um, and she made a comment about not being a great instrumentalist and not being really good at playing things and that she just really likes sequencing and that has still stuck with me because I... I think my computer has kind of turned into my instrument now and that's okay like I like sequencing things I shouldn't feel badly for not touching a guitar or whatever for months done a bunch of like residencies and um you could speak maybe a bit more about grants but you know you did the canadian music center one did you do one with the canadian film center as well done both yeah and then you've done red bull i'm assuming you experienced a bunch of rejection before you got all of these i mean my i'm not gonna lie my cv currently it looks pretty pretty good um it's looking nice but yeah i've been rejected from everything I've never gotten a factor grant. The more that I learn about the granting process and the more applications that I do, it's not like you can't really can't take it personally, even though it's hard not to. But I don't like it's honestly, if you don't apply, you're not going to get anything. So that's step one is applying. And not everyone knows that you can ask for feedback. Like, you can, if you don't get it, you can ask them why. Um, And kind of, yeah, viewing it more as a process instead of um, something that you feel resentful and bitter about, I think is really important because your peers, some of your peers are going to get a grant and you won't. At least for me, every time that I've applied with a project that I thought would be kind of cool, that I thought I could maybe get a grant for. I've been rejected Mm. um, from the Canada Council and the OAC anyway. 
instead of something that I'm already doing and I like it's it's happening anyway and I don't know if that's just like a weird coincidence but I feel like maybe you can sense that in the application I'm thinking a lot a lot all the time about music and privilege and I'm teaching a class now at Workman Arts um, which is an, an organization an amazing organization that has workshops and uh, provides like resources for artists with mental illness um, so a lot of my students don't even like I'm teaching recording but some of my students don't have a computer they don't have a phone they don't like they can't make a recording and you can't just be like just get able to do whatever like they it's not um it's you can't even say just get garage no exactly like you can't even say make a voice memo because they're like i don't have a phone um there's a lot of privilege involved to even make a record on your own do you feel like you're burning out again um yes but in a different way in what kind of way um in a way that I I feel like I, I really, really want to make music, um, whatever that means. I, I've kind of, like, come to terms with career and what all of those words, uh, success, or I just want to make stuff and I want to make music forever. Once again, I'd love to know what you think of this series. Should I keep going? Can you help me get funding? I produce this all by myself because I think it's important for artists to be able to talk about their work in all contexts, including outside of the promotional cycle. For more, check out the newsletter that I write every couple of weeks. It's called Burnout as well. And you can find that at anupa.substack.com. That's A-N-U-P-A dot substack.com. And special thanks to Vocal Fry Studios and Nanaba Duncan.